Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Racing Insiders podcast. I am Kate Dillon from Crate Insider, and today I am joined by Steve Hendren from Hendren Racing Engines. And uh, if our screen flickers, we're going to keep an eye on that. Uh, yeah, I might have had a little bit of a... Yeah. There, there, there might have been a yard sale. It happened. <laughs> no, my bag dumped over. My laptop ended on the corner. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's. I, I will see what happens. So yeah, my backup plan is to pull out the iPad and we'll see what happens. But, but we are uh, back like the Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here we are. Yeah, that's right. Because last weekend or last week was Fourth uh, of July. Yeah. So, uh, so how was that? Did you blow some stuff up? We blew a lot of shit up. Actually, it was about an hour and a half worth of blowing shit up. So it was fun <laughs> as shit. We had a great time. Uh, my my brother and Alex they they bought like a butt ton of damn fireworks and yeah it was pretty it was pretty cool. We had a good time. Um, I could see the town's fireworks from from here yep. from uh, from my place and that was a nice show. Now Fourth of July night, you know, of course it's like Tuesday, and uh, I I think my neighbors. I don't know if it was one paycheck or two paychecks that they spent on like blowing shit up for like that. an hour and a half yeah. or so. So so yeah yeah there's. There's that. And then uh, how about your weekend? How was your weekend, Steve? I was a lazy motherfucker. I was a lazy bastard all weekend. Use your big boy words. I did absolutely nothing. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, I got a wild hair. (coughs) And uh, at noon on Friday, I decided I'm going to go somewhere. So I booked an Airbnb in Charleston, and I spent the entire weekend there. And it was Awesome. awesome yeah so i came back today and you know er, like early this morning I woke was up it like, like super humid i mean not any more humid than here oh really and then oh, you know amazing. you're you're by the water and so you've got the breeze and there it's just that, yeah. i mean it's just lovely i mean it, I, yeah my phone would say that it was like 90 degrees but yeah. i mean i was comfortable i was perfectly comfortable and like that's cool yeah yeah I mean, one part of it i was it was raining and i was like i'm wearing a hat you know as long as my mascara doesn't run and i'm not wearing a white t-shirt i'm good with it so like i'm walking in the rain and and that was that was on uh saturday i guess and and uh, anyway i did all kinds of stuff and went to the aquarium and it did was, you, it was a lot get, of fun did you get beach time in? um i didn't do the beach but i did do a pool a oh, really nice. really cool yeah. classy pool and i sampled several bloody marys but then I kind of ended with um, an English pub with fish and chips and a Guinness. And oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Nice. Went to an, a couple of oyster bars. and I'm surprised you weren't at a, like a German thing. Um, I didn't see deal. any German things there. I mean, it, I was looking for seafood. You know, I oh, love seafood. Wow. So, you know, it's a perfect place to get like oysters on a half shell. And Are you saying seafood you love it or are you saying actual seafood? Um, actual like it comes yeah, from the ocean right, comes from the ocean. yeah like comes from the ocean <laughs> yeah um that kind of seafood so oysters on the half shell oyster shooters uh bloody marys and some some other i had this whiskey drink that was amazing and a couple of vodka drinks nice. i mean I just, it was just a really really great time that's so cool. charleston's my go-to place and um, anybody that's like close to charleston um you know i have never been yeah, I mean it's it's freaking <laughs> awesome. I love it there. Love it. So it was exactly the perfect thing to do and just lifted my mood and it was um it was amazing. Awesome. So so I'm glad to do that. Um so I mean I I guess you don't really you know, you don't really have anything to add for for your excitement. No, I was weekend. a lazy bastard all mm. weekend. Mm. I didn't do shit. Like I mean didn't leave the house kind of lazy or did you just like go to the bars I, and drink beer? Is I kinda... went and hung out with friends and like sat at bars and and like bitch about the weather <laughs> so just like any other monday like any other mo- just like, like monday it, exactly. tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday right, exactly. sunday yeah 
yeah, I decided to, to, to leave town and go do something fun. And go. it was, uh, it was great. Now coming back today, I hit some massive rainstorms, like the kind that like really? take, yeah, it's crazy. Cause it's like totally Carolina blue skies here today. But uh, this morning when I was coming back, I mean, super downpour where you couldn't see. I did get woke up this morning. Like it was freaking dropping mm. here this morning. I got woke up by the rain this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what time you're coming back, but like here it was just, yeah. It was I looked like six thirty. I mean, it's like the perfect time, so it's, right. it was perfectly fine. I mean, as far as traffic was good, I mean, oh, yeah. not a lot of, I don't know. There's construction everywhere, but nothing that was like super bad or anything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, any of you guys, I mean, we're just kind of jibber jabbering here. Yeah. But if you guys have any questions, I've got a few here that we've got queued up. But if you have any questions for us, you know, drop them into the comments and and let us know. We can do that. And uh, so I see we've got a couple here. So Scott's uh -huh. here from California. He says, hi, SNK from California. We're the only thing more unstable than the weather are the politicians. <laughs> yeah, true that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, you guys just have to worry about your politicians if they're still breathing. That's kind of, <laughs> that's about all you got there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And Scott is here. Uh, Scott Nash says, I hate rain. We haven't ra raced in five weeks. That fucking sucks dude like if we can dial back i know but no i mean i'm serious i mean that just it's horrible because like no i mean <laughs> five weeks of rain in a row is like just unreal oh i was just talking about your f-bombs that are completely unnecessary no, i'm so, sorry yeah and it's all i'll try to dial it back all righty thank you it's kind of how i talk but well you know um expand your vocabulary <laughs> Gag nabbit hey that, will that work yeah yeah what's what's the other one in the dag, south here dag nab the rain yeah there's Gosh, another one darn it. yeah i mean anything I, I don't know if you even need an expletive there but you know whatever <laughs> um but here's a question of uh, to answer here so uh first one is would you rather run the valves on a 602 with the engine hot or cold and that is from nathan and uh commenting on one of our youtube videos well honestly either 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 way works uh, i mean so long as you can feel where zero is uh then you can do it hot or cold and and with that, I mean, when you when you talk about feel zero, feel, yeah, where you can feel zero uh, when you're actually on the overlap, the way we recommend setting the valves, which you have a video on that. I do, but let's just pretend and, that a person doesn't know anything of, of about setting their valves. Like, what does it feel like to be at zero? Because you're you're like turning... well, when, when when you're when you're adjusting the the uh, the poly lock or the nut, uh, you go to where you get to zero. So, in other words. You got the rocker's got lash, and then you're turning it with your index finger and your thumb. And when you got no lash, that's zero. Okay. And then what we do is go three quarters of a turn, mm -hmm. preload, then I'll back off about an eighth of a turn, tighten the center adjuster screw, and come back up that that eighth of a turn. And, and that locks everything in place. And you found that it doesn't really matter whether the engine's hot or cold, other than like no, with, with cold, uh, you're not going to burn your hand. Well, again, like hot means like a lot of the lifters will be pumped up where maybe cold because they've been sitting for a week or something like that you know they might not be so if you can feel where that zero is then i mean i mean three quarters of a turn print i mean it's basically at that point oh, okay gotcha all right uh next up i like this question um so this is from callie and says i and, and this was a comment on our like thermal uh thermostat or water restrictor mm -hmm. it was one of our um like the kind of clips or video You're clips. talking about the art still no 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 I, I'm, I'm, i haven't gotten to the question yet oh, but this this is one of our older 
um, like clips videos that came from like our podcast before where we've talked about like a, a thermostat or a water restrictor okay. kind of okay. a versus. I got you. And so the comment here is I have a triple pass radiator in my SBC Sprite. It runs hot with an electric water pump. Ideas? No thermostat. Yeah, get rid of the triple pass. Uh, I have never seen, you know, unless you're a, you know, like running like some sort of car that's going you know, 150 miles an hour on asphalt. Uh, I've never seen a triple triple pass radiator successfully cool anything. Um, rule of thumb, and I wish Art was watching and would comment on this, but rule of thumb, because we've we've had this conversation, it may be a little bit different than what I'm explaining is that is what I what I'm explaining it as is generally like when you go from a single pass radiator to a double pass you slow the water down by roughly 33%. Um, when you go from a double to a triple, you're slowing it down another 33% in the system. So now you've got water traveling 66% slower in the system, roughly, than what you would with a single pass radiator. And because of that, it slows it down so much that you basically make it to where the water just superheats in the engine so unless you've got ram air going through that radiator like literally like 150 mile hour ram air then it's not going to work and if you don't have that then no you're you're completely screwed on that whole deal and that being said you also once you're you've got it slowed down that much the only way to solve that issue is you have to increase the flow by that much roughly so there's actually a really good video on our channel on crate insider and it's um, me talking to ben baker from yeah. from afco and we talk about that the single double or, or yeah. triple triple pass radiators and and that's also a very good explanation how, how I, mean, yeah, much, I mean much like what you said yeah. but yeah ben i mean it's you're gonna have similar it's it's a lot, a lot of it's theory <laughs> but what i can what i can tell you is I've never seen any kind of engine ever cool with a triple pass radiator other than maybe like something like NASCAR or some shit like that. Well, yeah. Where are they used at? Oh, it's going to be, again, it's going to be asphalt scenario with the Ram air with you've got so much Ram air going in there, like high speed Ram air that Mm -hmm. that, that would, you know, potentially still work. Gotcha. I mean, I've never seen one. I mean, people for a while, they tried to try to use them on dirt. You know, dirt late models, super late models, freaking, you know, crate late models. No, they don't work. Gotcha. All right. Because, you know, I mean, well, sorry. A lot of the thing is, you know, more is better. So if double pass is better, then a triple pass has got to be way better. I mean, that's how ice cream works. I mean, if a single scoop is good, a double scoop is better, and a triple scoop is even better than that. Exactly. But radiators are not ice cream. No, exactly. Yeah, I guess that's the quote of the day. Radiators are not ice Radiators cream. Radiators are not ice cream. Yep. All right. So Tori has a suggestion. Amazing mm-hmm. assistant Tori says uh, the word is daggum. 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 Yep. I've never heard that word before. How have you not had that front word living oh, in the South? Obviously, I'm joking. Wow. Wow. All right. Moving of course, on. Of course, I never heard uh, dubs or dibs before either. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd never heard dibs until Tori. Brought up dibs. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Those are baby chickens for anyone who hasn't heard that before. I didn't know that. That was, that was a Southern learning experience. That was like totally new for me. Yeah. I have another friend. I haven't seen her in a long time of Sheila and she has lots of Southern phrases. <laughs> oh, um, I actually heard, um, a, a good one. It's more of a Texas phrase. Okay. And like, th think about something that's like really common. Like, it, but anyway, the phrase is you can't swing a cat without hitting a, you know, just fill in the blank. Right. I don't, I don't know what the plank is. Well, it just doesn't matter. Like think of something that's super com common. Like, you know, you, you can't, you can't swing a cat without hitting a truck in this County. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. Just something yeah. that's super common. Right. right. Well, uh, apparently I was listening to this, the speaker that was, was talking about this phrase and it's just because she's Texan, it's a phrase that she uses. Right. And, and at some point there's people in the audience that were like, that is so cruel to animals. Oh I mean, what are you talking about? Like swinging a cat. And there's like this whole visual of like holding a cat by the tail and like, you know, running it around. <laughs> anyway, the, the actual origins of it are from sailors. And this, they were referring to the cat of nine tails whip, because oh, if you've got okay. such close quarters that you can't swing a, a whip without, without hitting, hitting something. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> just one of those kind of really funny Although, would phrases. You, would you mind handing me that beer down? On the table. I mean, what do I look like? The beer wench? <laughs> and that better be no. No, you do not look like the beer wench. <laughs> Thank you. Happy yeah. wench. <laughs> I'm gonna send my cat over to your house and have him murder you. Yeah, I'll probably come over and like piss on my face or some shit. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. Like I total, wouldn't be surprised. It's like total pippy. Yep, he would. He would. He's well trained. <laughs> Only sometimes. <laughs> All right, we got a couple questions here. So, mm -hmm. um, Trucker Moore says, "What is the best carb for a 602?" Uh, I mean, honestly, that's a loaded question. I, I'd like to know what your rules are, what kind of fuel you're running. Um, I mean, we've I've always got several suggestions as far as that goes. Uh, I mean, we build our own, so that's one of my preferences. You know, David Smith, uh, Willie's. Um, just depending on what your rules are, what kind of fuel you're using, that, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I recently heard did did stealth sell? That's what I heard. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, I it's heard, what I, it's what I heard from a, a racer, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I sent that message over to yeah, you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure on that. So don't quote me on that. Um, but you know, uh, Tony at stealth, I mean, he, he makes a hell of a carburetor or if unless he's sold the business and then i i have no idea what's well, going on there and that's what i've heard that he sold the business yeah. but but you know this is i it's, mean i'm not trying I, to start I mean, a rumor <laughs> well except you would say it on the show without verifying it first well no but... no no but that's what i'm saying <laughs> i'm trying to verify that i don't know okay but i have heard this well you heard it from me who heard it from a racer via who, the, via the who bought run. a stealth so it's like carburetor fifth yeah. freaking person twice removed or some shit to, mm -hmm. to hear this but no i mean stealth would be another one yeah um so yeah david smith willies hendron mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and, uh, stealth if or, you, or if you really want to or if you want to stay in my lane um those three are ones that are on the website on creativeinsider.com right. so oh, yeah, for yeah. sure there's that okay so let's see eric is here and he says art has trouble with his flip flown let alone watching a podcast um eric actually um art's been on here a bunch um yeah. he's he's not been a guest but he, you know in our comments he's he's definitely watched on facebook and and typed in answers for us and stuff too yeah. so so yeah i mean i actually talked to him today oh did you yeah. i talked to him i guess last week so yeah yeah, yeah. our art is such an awesome guy over at arts radiator i just my only regret is that i didn't get connected with him you know years ago oh i know 
So, yeah. Well, I've, I've known him for years because of my dad. Well, was, and I talked to him yeah. like very briefly, but we just never really put anything together because yep. I was selling APCO radio, right. Raiders, which I still do. But, um, you know, we love the arts thermostat yep. and our customers absolutely love it. And, and of course he does radiators and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we just hadn't gotten into all that. Yep. And um, I'd like to. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. And Eric is here and he's, oh, that's Eric that was just here. Mm -hmm. And Chad says over yonder. That's our Southern phrase. Over yonder. Yeah, over yeah. yonder. I yep. do actually use that. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Y yonder I, I, I use. I've used that. For, yeah, I use yonder. Oh, okay. Look at, you you, over, are, look at you over yonder there. <laughs> apparently that's his southern pickup line <laughs> i don't know i, get, I don't know if yeah, you're bringing yeah, him in i'm not sure me. you know yeah you, you do you buddy you do you <laughs> oh man all right uh paul says can't blame picks pittsburgh for that word lol so i don't know um yeah i mean that's definitely not a pittsburgh well, word well one of the pittsburgh well i don't even know if it's pittsburgh but like the whole ewan's thing up there that's a pennsylvania it, thing for a, sure such a pennsylvania thing it's, it's totally pen, pen, it, I, I don't know if it's pennsylvania or pennsylvania mm. no but like it's it's definitely pennsylvania only yeah. i've never heard it anywhere else right yeah so it's just in pennsylvania ewan's is definitely a uh mm -hmm. that, that's an interesting interesting yeah uh, it's y'all down here word. and you guys in the and, midwest yeah. yes yeah. and ewan's in pennsylvania mm -hmm. all right alan's here he says hey guys lots of rain here and flooding is going on I am so sorry oh, to hear sure. that. Man, there is nothing more powerful than water. I have <laughs> nothing but mad respect for water. Exactly. Other than the fact that, it, you know, I get a little irritated when it rains out races. and Well, there's that. You know, there's that. So Part of my F-bomb earlier about five rained out races in a row. Yeah, yeah. That well, does suck. Yeah, it does. All right. So Ryan's here. He says, any advantage with a 411 rear end versus a 486 in a 604 dirt late model? And what lubricant do you recommend for high ends? Uh, yes. So if I was in any sort of limited horsepower application, I would 100% be on a 411. Um, so, gosh. Um, well, it gives you a small ring, smaller ring and pinion, right? So yeah. you've got a smaller, so, smaller so, rotating so, weight. So testing this or this back to back, gosh, it's been several years ago now. Testing it back to back, I'm wanting to say, I mean, again, this is so many, so long ago when we did this. I'm wanting to say there was a, about a one percent acceleration gain in the 411 versus the 46. Um. So I mean, that means everything. Especially when you're in a limited horsepower application. Okay. So, I mean, but so. I mean, 1%, if you, you're, you're talking about like four horsepower. Well, no, you're talking gain. So time. So time from on the gas to. Oh, like zero to 60 and however many. Let, let's say that. Yeah. Okay. Let's say zero to 60. I mean, okay. Just, or zero to a hundred. What, whatever. You're, but, getting, you're getting a 1% gain. Okay. One to one and a half percent. Well, that's roughly. a lot different than just like a 1% gain right. in horsepower, which no, would be no, like four it, horsepower. I'm not talking about horsepower. I'm yeah. talking about gain and acceleration rate. Okay. That Well, that so, makes a lot more sense. Then. So now 100%, uh, that 411, uh, in my own personal house car that my, or in our own personal house car that my son drives, uh, we use a Daytona 13060. Yeah. Well, and he was asking about Himes. So for oh. the Himes, I mean, if you've got ones that are, um, you're going to use like spray lube. We so use like FK. The, um, 
Right. Oh, right. Lu lubing the Himes. It says, and what lubricant do you recommend for Heim ends? Oh, uh, the Daytona one, the, uh, what is that? Spray the, lube. Spray lube. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Or you can switch to the PTFE. Is it PTFE? Is, yeah. is it the um, um, well, FK rod ends? that's what we use. Yeah. Is... Yeah. And that way you don't have to grease them at all. Yep. And if you don't exactly. have to grease them, then they don't gather dust. Correct. And and they're really self-contained. And they will ends. last you forever. Yeah. And I've got we've got some on the shelf. So if you're looking for those, we definitely I'm, carry those. Like best rod in the world. Is that is that? Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Next up is from Jason. And he says, how often should your car but be torn down and gone through? I'm running a 602 on E85 with mm -hmm. a stealth carb. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, I mean, honestly, if you're racing week to week, I mean, you know, normal maintenance, uh, on the carb is going to be, I mean, number one, don't touch anything <laughs> if it's running right. So, uh, I mean, throttle shafts are going to be the thing. So you want to lube those as much as possible with like a pre penetrating oil with the engine running. So it sucks it into the throttle shafts because there's bushings in there and stuff that need to be lubed. Um, other than that, um, once a year, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of an end of the season. I know when I've talked yeah. to Willie about this, yeah. that, you know, just, just like many of these components, you want to get them, you know, like freshened or yeah, you know, you, something like that. You, you want to use a little bit of grease on the on the uh, pump cams, so okay. the accelerator pump cams, um, which we normally use day lube mm -hmm. on our stuff. Okay. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. And of course I sell so, Daylube. Yep. Daylube's a perfect product to use on there because it's the ceramic ball. Oh, it's not ceramic anymore, but it's still it's it's it, it's a very similar yeah. formula. It's it's a great grease. So yeah. we use Daylube. Mm -hmm. Um so you want to do that uh because obviously you're washing the race car, so it's gonna blow all that out of there. So I would use a little bit of Daylube between the uh pump cam and the and the uh, pump arm. And there you go. Okay, and then probably have it serviced once a year. Yeah, once a year. Have it yeah. gone through. Yeah. I mean, especially with the E85, I mean, wouldn't yeah. you find that it's a bit sticky kind of at the end of the well, year? Yeah. So you want to use some pump gas in there to kind of clear it out, well, maybe? Well, what you, what you run into, it's not sticky if you're racing week to week. Right. So I'm, I'm talking about end of season. Yeah, you just don't want it to dry out in there. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the season, send it back to your carb guy, let him go through it. Uh, you get it back. It's fresh. It's clean. Next year, run it a whole nother season. And honestly, most people's seasons, unless you're just a professional driver, you're looking at 20, between 20 and 30 races. So that's not a big deal. <laughs> dude, dude, you haven't lived in Iowa. Well, I no, mean, we raced four nights a week when I lived there. Well, it's, at least, again, ask my dad. Again, it just depends. But, yeah. you know, I mean, that's <laughs> that's at a little bit higher level than than normal weekly crate racing yeah. in the South. That's or, true. Or in most other areas. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, I used to run 60, 70 races a year, so mm -hmm. I totally get it. But <laughs> All right. And Wes has a question. He says, can you run the evac kit with the anti-reversion mufflers or is there too much back pressure? No, you can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can absolutely run it. Uh, that being said, I'm not a huge fan of the evac kit um, because the seals and the engine, if it's a, if we're talking a crate engine, are not actually designed to uh prevent dirt from being pulled evac into the engine basically so if you're pulling a vacuum in the engine that means you're sucking whatever is outside those seals into the engine so it's not something that's designed to do that 
Um, does the evac system work? Yes, it does. 100%. It works. Old technology, but it works. Um, but you just need to be aware that you're actually sucking shit in the motor. Potentially. But, you know, I, I think when we're looking at this too, so the evac units, they're not legal in really any of our eastern classes, east of the Mississippi, no. but you get to the Midwest and they are. And a lot of those guys have to run chips that are that are not as like we, we run much higher chips on this side. too. Revlon or chips. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I've had customers get the evac kits and I mean, they're perfectly happy. I, I at least I think they are. I usually know when right. they're not. So <laughs> when well, people aren't happy, they let me know. But well, a lot of places, a lot of places, a lot of places out there, they're not allowed to rebuild the engine. Right. So they exactly. never, they never see the engine bearings at the end of a season is what I'm getting right. at. Yeah. Oh, but, so you're just being a selfish engine builder right no, now. When you're sucking dirt in the motor and it's going through the bearings, it looks like shit at the end of the season. Mm. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that wouldn't be an issue. I see Brian's here, Brian Littleton from Race Logic. Mm -hmm. And uh, hey, friends, miss you guys, miss you, Brian. Um, love working with Brian and the whole team at Race Logic. Yep. Uh, for any of you who are looking for that extra knowledge, I mean, we try to do what we can here on the podcast, but this isn't like a comprehensive class. We're just kind of answering questions. And what Brian is able to put together, and he's been doing it for 25 years or more, actually, more, I think it's like 27. But we do these classes. Um, each year and, and I actually help out. I go and film them. So we work together on that and put up the website. So you can go to racelogic.vip and check that out. So this, this last year, really incredible. We got, had the crate late model class. We did that one in Pennsylvania. You were there yep. and along with our rest of our team. And the other class that's super popular this year is with Dallin and, and, and Damon Murdy. And there was a street stock class, the IMCA um, oh, yeah. um, hobby stocks. And, Boy, that was one heck of a class, and it's super popular. I'm seeing over on Brian's uh, Race Logic page lots of new winners. I mean, his his phrase is um, catchphrase slogan is where winner, winners are made, mm -hmm. where winners are made, and absolutely, that's that's really knowledge is what separates everything in racing today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, sure, equipment is always going to be a thing, but sometimes you can outthink things. Well, I mean, the thing is about his classes. And I've been to what now? Three, three or four? Yeah, because you've been to yeah. two Tennessee classes, yeah. and then um, then yeah, the one I, in Pennsylvania. I, I, and I also did the street stock class in. Oh, that's right. In, yeah, uh, Eastern Eastern mm -hmm. North Carolina. Yeah, so four, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the thing that people get from going to that is like one-on-one -on -one knowledge, and the one-on-one -on -one experience of being being able to like talk to people in the know, face to face. Mm -hmm. you know i mean that to me that's great well what i love is because... yes it's instructional but it's also interactive and i think one of my favorite parts is the fact when there's a question asked that um to the to the team yeah. that the instructors may not always agree yeah. I, mean, I i remember uh one year where uh that the crate late model class, there was a racer who asked about like the best transmission. Me and Hammond disagree. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you're like, you know, Falcon roller slide and Dave's like, yeah, I want like, a, is it a gen one bird? Maybe he, he wants like a brand or, with, with a, with a standard slippy. Yeah, you know? some, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's just really, it, it's great to get the, that there's not just one single right answer. And you've got this very, you know, it, very in-depth experiences that aren't all in the same region right. and that really really makes things better for sure 
So I've just put up the the link here, racelogic.vip yep. is that website. So if you want to pick up that training, it's 100% worth it. That way with the video training, you can fast forward, rewind, watch it as many times as you want to. You can even watch it on your phone. Yep. Um, and, and most of it's talking, I would say. So what's cool is you could, um, you know, something I like to do is, <coughs> is play things like through my phone. You know, you throw it through, through your speakers or if you've got like a computer or like a smart TV or something, you, you know, you could do something like that. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And like just play it in the shop. I mean, you could be listening to it. And and that's something that, you know, I've definitely definitely heard from racers that they're just that way they can do what they're doing and halfway through the race se season um be like, hey, we're just gonna review that one thing and make sure we're doing it right. So anyway, that's cool. All right, so back to the comments while Steve fixes his microphone I'm here. Fix, I'm trying to fix the microphone. Yeah. It's like yeah. doing the slidey thing. All right. All right, keep going. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. All right. And all right, so Eric says, Artie and I have been friends for 20 years, so he's just having fun making, you know, telling, <laughs> saying that Art, oh, Art, can't, Art can't use his uh, flip phone there. And and Paul says, that, uh, that Pit, is, Pittsburgh is, is definitely Ewan's, is a, it's a Pittsburgh thing. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Okay, do, do you need some help? Do you need me to fix no, this? No, no, no. Okay, all right, because I probably can. Uh, all right, so Justin is here. He says, off topic on this one. What are your all's what are y'all's thoughts about a promoter quitting midseason and straight giving the finger to the fans as they are leaving? Um, I, I am not at all familiar with this situation because I, I I can't imagine that this is just some rando hypothetical. Um I mean when I when I hear promoter, I mean that tells me that they're the ones who are running the racetrack for right. the whole time. Honestly, I think promoters get a lot of grief from both sides. And sometimes sometimes people just, just had it. Now, I mean, do I think that's good behavior for anybody? No, but I've made mistakes and I've I've uh I have definitely I have definitely made some mistakes. Not quite that big, but yeah. I mean it really makes it hard for a racetrack to come back. So I I, I don't know a lot about that situation. I don't know anything about that situation. Yeah, no. I don't understand what that is, but um yeah, I mean yeah i don't know I, I don't think i can add to that honestly i can't i mean the 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 thing that you got to be careful with in racing is well just like with anything actually you know it, it can take you a lifetime to build a reputation and it takes one mistake to ruin it exactly and and i've experienced that and um a kind I, of a sucky situation well, and, i mean that, that's as a business owner that could be as a race car driver right as a per an individual a human yeah yeah it, it really does makes it makes it tough to come back that's yeah. that's for sure you know you're really um i'm all about burning the ships but i'm not about burning the bridge and what i mean by that is if i commit to something yeah i'll burn the ships yeah. you know like you know i'm gonna make it work in other words i'm not gonna just keep a right. toe in the water i'm gonna go all in but burning a bridge is a terrible idea right and i mean i'll be honest i'm i'm like one of the first to criticize the promoter yeah, you are. You know, I mean, there, there is, you know, when you got a racetrack and you do back gate promotion, I've got, I, honestly, as a promoter, I've got no respect for you. So if you're trying to do that, then, and then, then because you fail and you want to give the fans the middle finger and leave, then, you know, basically F you, by the way, I said F you. I, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Then basically F you, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, and <laughs> By backgate promoter, I mean like these racetracks that insist on running nine freaking divisions on a on a Saturday night. So they get you in there at seven o'clock, 
and then it's 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. before you leave? I, I, mean, I believe in time limits. And, the, and then the people that make the money is the promoter and the fans get a shit show. So, no, I, got I no, might like I got racing. No for those people. I like a lot of things, but I don't need eight hours of anything. God, I'm just no. telling you, I don't need no. to pull a shift. I don't need to pull a no, shift at a exactly. baseball game, at a right. race. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think about the only time is that it's. <laughs> we, we pulled a shift at, at Twin uh, Peaks. Twin Peaks in Charlotte before. <laughs> rain, like a where the race because rains of the out. Rain. Yeah, and we met a cool ass dude from Australia. That yeah, night, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun times. But yeah. there's really no activity. I don't want to go skiing for eight hours. I don't want to go golfing yeah. for eight hours. I don't want to kayak for eight hours. Yeah. I, I mean, there's nothing that I love to do that I would want to do for eight hours. Exactly. And that's what that ends up yeah. as. It's not more value. So, pr 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 promoters in my book are like a. Like I've got a love hate relationship, just like I used to have with you know teachers. <laughs> there you go. I've got little respect for most teachers. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Joe <laughs> says hi. Uh, Six hundred two crate with a Holly six fifty four barrel. What is your first choice for a carburetor spacer? Six hundred two. Six hundred two. Yeah, it's going to be that HVH spacer. Uh, I don't remember the part number. Um, it's going to be the one where we call it the one with the dual plane intake yeah, manifold. Correct. Yeah. So that's so, our preferred yeah, 602 carb spacer. Out of everything I've tested, that one actually makes the most power. Mm -hmm. And I've got and, them on the way. And it looks stupid as shit. So it's just got a little center divider. It's like rounded off. I wouldn't say that it looks stupid. Well, no, but I mean, if you if you look at it and you go like, oh my God, this makes power. Well, it does. And so, yeah, that would be it. Yeah, um, the, part of the reason that it does is because the profile of the carb spacer matches the profile of the intake manifold. Correct. That's the biggest biggest reason. Yeah. So rather than just being an open spacer, what you're able to do with that center divider is to really direct that fuel properly Correct. into the into the intake manifold and then, of course, into the cylinders. Absolutely. So, so that's what's going on there. Um, all right. So Eric has a question. He says, have you seen any increase in cheating in the 602 divisions recently? Brzezinski seems very busy lately and has become a topic of discussion in the Northeast. I see. Uh, yeah. The Northeast. That makes sense. Um, here, that is all you need to say, Steve. <laughs> like in like dirt car. Dude. <laughs> uh, or that area. Um, in in places where tech is is actually done, um, which would be uh, I don't know Rush Country, um, you know, uh, still in the Northeast, um, where it would be down this way, then no, I have not. But uh, with some of the other stuff, yeah. Okay, and Matt's here saying hey, Matt Henderson. He's a, another race logic instructor. And he, of course, he's worked with some with uh, Crate Insider, done some videos for yep. us. I think one of my favorites is um, Matt came and there was that Alex. Um, Alex's Alex, wheel. Yeah. When oh Alex, you know, he, he his tire went flat on a yeah. practice lap and he just rammed right into the wall and that wheel was crunched. And so Matt came down and did a video showing how with the Kaiser wheels, they're they're all interchangeable parts so you know you can squish one bell but then reuse the rest of it yeah. so um it's perfectly it's perfectly good i mean that's a that's a wheel that alex is using on his race car now and that's a video worth watching because that was probably the most destroyed wheel i've ever seen in my entire life oh my gosh it was it was quite the endeavor to get the bolts out and in fact um 
I we had to steal bolts, a couple of bolts from like another wheel in and order there, to finish it. Yeah, there was sawzalls involved and everything else. Yeah. Now you should have been there in the night. We're trying to get that bitch off the car because it was horrible. Yeah, I'll <laughs> bet it was. And Jason says thanks. And now John's here. He says, "Is it hard on motors going back and forth from E85 for one series, then gas series rules for other races? Probably be about once a month type of a scenario." No, it's not. No, no, it. It's not at all. Um, years and years and years ago, we used to go back and forth between gas and methanol. So if anything's going to be rough on anything, it's going to be gas and methanol. Okay. So no, no, it's not. And okay. And I'm not sure. Um, so Paul's saying we used to run them on our asphalt car. I would definitely not run them on dirt. And I'm not sure if we're talking about the EVAC or the... Um, it might be the evac. I'm not well, sure. Yeah. See if you can clarify. clarify. Now, now Tori is clarifying. She's here and mm -hmm. about the yin's comment. She says it's yin's in the South. Of course we shortened it. She says, <laughs> so it's Ewan's in, in Pittsburgh, in Pennsylvania. I didn't even know that existed. Here. Yins. I yins. thought it was y'all. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh and, and evac system is what Paul was referring okay, to. Yeah. yeah. I, gotcha. mm -hmm. I see that. Tori is like some hardcore freaking Southern shit going on. Cause she's, like got yuns oh yeah she's i mean I, i'm learning and dibs, I'm learning, and dibs i'm learning from the best <laughs> i'm telling you i'm learning from the best here for sure i like to be i like to be multicultural multifaceted oh, yeah. multilingual right and and so i live in the south and i have one of the best teachers i could possibly ask for yeah. <laughs> all righty next up we have ryan he says do you think promoters should race at their track, taking money from those that support the track? Um, I don't think promoters should. I think their children can. Actually, um, I don't think it makes a difference. I mean, unless they're like, it, if, mean, if they're cheating, you know, like if they're really doing something to give themselves it, the advantage. Well, uh, yeah, if they abide by the same rules as everybody else. I mean. Right. If they're subject to the same rules. Yeah. I don't see why not. I mean, I'm trying to think of like, I mean, I think of Ray Cook having Brasstown yeah. and, you know, potentially racing at his own track. I don't right. see that. And that's the only no, like racer promoter that I can think of. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I think it's like being a director and starring in your own movie. Right. I, I don't, I mean, as, as long as you're playing by the rules is because the minute right. you don't, and, and in fact, I, th I would guess maybe I'm wrong here, but I would guess that the promoter that's the racer is is probably being held to a higher standard the minute that person would cheat or take an advantage over anybody else they're going to lose racers yeah. which means then they lose money and then they lose the track Correct. and then i mean i mean sometimes you know there's there's a lot of this kind of like by racers for racers i right. mean like the the racing trade show i mean hey i'm one of the trade show organizers right. and i have a booth there right. and i know it's not the same as actually racing no. but you know, you, you know, as a being involved in racing, if you see things that aren't done right, maybe, maybe you want to be the example, but you don't necessarily just want to do that. It, for me personally, I, and I agree with everything you just said, but for me personally, if I was a promoter of a racetrack, I personally would probably not race there. Now my kid could race there. I think that's worse, but, but he's no, but he's going to be held to the same standard as everybody else. Yeah. I mean, to your point. Yeah, what you're saying, but me personally, no, I would be more intent on making sure the promotional side of things and the racing and everything else went well, rather than 
being in a fire suit going and relying on somebody else. You know? Well, I don't know. I mean, once you put that fire suit on and you're just a racer now, it's like during the week is when a promoter is doing their work. And if you've got a really good solid team to lean on, you know, do, do, hard, you're, hard, the, hard you're the promoter. I mean, do you need to be the one actually putting on armbands or taking ticket money no, or putting I mean, hot dogs people, on got, the grill? You got, you got people to do that. Right. So if you've got an amazing team and, you know, especially one that can yeah. run, run the, uh, the race, um, you know, the race, race director, then well, I think you're in good shape. No, I, 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 mean, I don't I, have a problem with I, it. I said me personally. I yeah. didn't say, you know, that's how it should be. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Darren says we finished at one thirty on Saturday night. I'm still recovering. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's ridiculous. it's tough. And I think it's honestly, it, maybe I sound a little bit like a. I mean, shit happens. I mean, you can have rain, you can have any sort of thing, but every race that should be like worth a damn should be on a, like especially on a Saturday night. Start that shit at six o'clock. Be done by eleven. You're out of there. Well. I think yeah. the only exceptions to something that goes that late is that there is a true red flag. Right. Yeah. I don't mean that, oh no, somebody spun out on turn one. I right. mean, red flag right. where we are stopping over, everything. Yeah. We're getting the ambulance out here and wreckers and right. like, and it's a thing. Then you can account for that. But I mean, <coughs> this is just like any given Saturday. Yeah, I, no. It makes it so I just don't even want to go. No, like, no. I mean, cause I just, I don't want to be there that late. Oh, oh I don't want to do it. Okay. Ooh, we get, we're getting all kinds of opinion options tonight awesome. here. I'm awesome. loving this. Awesome. So Tony's <laughs> here and he says, what's your opinion on maximum timing in hot weather? For what engine? I mean, just give it for both, Steve. Well, I mean, it. Does it matter? No, there's a variable. So it's like, what kind of weather are we talking about? What? Okay, what, it's hot what, what, weather. What, what kind of engine? What fuel are you using? I mean, there's there's so many different di different variables here. Okay. Well, I mean, can just, you just kind of speak to some rules of thumb? Like if you're okay, I, let's say you got a 604 and it's 93 degrees oh, no, with 82% oh, okay, humidity. Okay, okay, it's Tony Green. Okay. All right. So I know Tony. Okay. Yep. What's your Tony. opinion on maximum timing in hot weather? All right. So if we're like running a 602, for instance, mm -hmm. um, or the equivalent of so a like thunder bomber engine or something that's, you know, less horsepower. Um, generally it depends on the cylinder head. <laughs> so if it's not a Vortec head and it's a older style, uh, let's say camel hump head, 36 degrees, no matter what. Okay. That um, is not a crate engine. I mean, we I, usually I, I, deal with crate I, stuff. I, I know. So like, Let's go with a 602, for instance. Um, if you're running, if you're on E85, running a 602, uh, I don't care what the weather's like, then generally, you know, you're safe at 36. Um, if you're on race gas and or pump gas, let's let's say pump gas um, on a 602 in that same scenario, then, you know, you don't want to be over 34 because detonation will occur. And a lot of this is going to depend again on the humidity. It's going to be air jet, like air density comes in play with humidity, but all that stuff. So, okay. All right. Uh, so Danny is here. He says, Hey, East coast. Cause that's what he calls me. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you guys think the best rocker arm is? I've tried all kinds, but looking for the best for what kind of motor. I mean, just, just answer it both ways. 602s and 604s. 
Uh, well, I mean, we just have to use the GM stuff, right? 602, I mean, the factory shit. Yeah. 604, the factory shit. So the stuff made for GM, like on a 604, is going to be a Scorpion rocker, which is a great rocker. I mean, the, the rockers I got right now are really awesome. If we're like talking an open engine, uh, TND or Jessel. <laughs> so. Okay. I mean, that's, that's fair. Yeah. That's good. Um, all right. And let's see. Oh, and Tori says, my family is deep Appalachian. Yeah. I mean, that's, that would make sense because Appalachian really is, it's a, it's a very distinct, um, um, what is it? It's, it's not a different language, but it's the a dialect. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if you mm -hmm. knew that, but that's, it's a very, it's probably like when you get like down in Louisiana with all that weird. Dialect no, that's Cajun. Like, that's Cajun. Well, that's what I'm getting at. But you yeah. Know, like weird dialects down there. Right. Um, a lot of Scottish heritage is what's goes into, oh, yeah. Yeah, into Appalachians, you know, that were deep in the mountains. I got you. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot of Scottish and, and I've seen yeah. a couple of articles on it and it's really fascinating mm -hmm. how, how language can morph in a, oh, yeah. in a, in a particular area. 100%. And it's, uh, um, it, it's interesting to keep that alive. You know the Appalachian oh, dialect. We've had a Scottish friend we've talked to before. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's a pretty effed up language. I'll <laughs> the, tell you this: I, it's hilarious shit to listen to. Well, there's a couple of Scottish shows that I like to watch, but I have to watch them with captions. Oh my god! But I mean, I I watch. I mean, I I what, generally what, watch most shows. What's our favorite Scottish show? Still game. Well, that's yours. I mean, I love it. Of course, <laughs> mine is Outlander. Oh well, there's that. But yeah, <laughs> yes. 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 I'm going to have to go to Scotland. I have to put that on my bucket list. I, I saw a friend of mine went to Scotland and I was like, that sounds amazing. I might have to do yeah. that. I won't do that just like, you know, any given Friday at right. noon and make those reservations, but oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put a little more planning into it than that. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, that could be, that could be in my near future. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised. Right. Never be surprised if I decide to go and travel somewhere. Yep. All right. So here Mike is. What's up, guys? I know many guys in the area running aviation field. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. And can you help me explain why not to run it other than it's for an airplane than a race car? So, Mike, I didn't I'm not laughing at you or your question. No. Um, this has been one of the most divisive items that we've ever put <laughs> onto YouTube. And there are people who I mean, I mean, their love for Avgas is is that a whole nother level and it is what it is so so anytime we see abgas questions but go it, ahead steve it is what it is so at anything other than altitude it makes no power <laughs> i mean just just to sum it up well and it's a really um, really dry fuel yeah. is what you found and then yeah. you know the argument that gets pushed back on you steve is well like airplanes are at sea level when they take off and they've got to have some power for that you're you're an idiot. No. You're an idiot. No, because they have you wings. don't know anything. They have wings. So and they have lift. <laughs> Which just... race cars don't have wings or lift. So we're 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 not we're not racing airplanes at, at on the ground at, at a dirt track. We're uh racing cars. Yeah. Uh so yeah. God, I yeah, I was I was like a scumbag mofo for like you are. quite a while <laughs> yeah. over the whole damn Avgas deal. Yeah, and it was just a, like um, a little clip, and it's it's probably has more so, comments than so, any so, other. So, so on, honestly, the whole Avgas thing happened. I believe it was like back in the probably the mid seventies. Honestly, when Avgas actually took off as a thing, um, because the gas in the United States starting 
turned unleaded. Yeah. And Avgas was still leaded. So that's why everybody was all about Avgas back in the day was because um, as we went unleaded, I, I believe it was 73, 74, 75, somewhere around there when we went unleaded, Avgas was still leaded because, you know, uh, valve seats and, and everything else and airplanes were, they had to have leaded fuel <laughs> and, yeah. and in order to lubricate the valve seats. Um, cars did not. Um, well, they did, but then that's when they invented hardened valve seats for cars. But Avgas never went away from. I mean, because you got you still got planes today, like you got one seventy two Cessnas that are probably like nineteen seventy two, literally nineteen seventy two one seventy twos, flying around today on Avgas, which is leaded. And you know, because of all the bullshit that we had back in the day uh getting rid of leaded fuel um that's what you ended up with as far as race cars go because you can't take a, a like a set of 1968 cylinder heads run that shit on pump gas today without destroying the valve seats yeah i remember being a kid i, I don't know exactly yeah. when um, lead was taken out of fuel but i, I feel like i was old enough to see it on the news yeah it was and it was 73 74 75 and i wouldn't have been old enough then but I, I mean i think it's a little bit mid delayed i remember going to the airport with my dad and going and getting avgas now it, it does bring up a really interesting point though because you've talked about how um in the past you you've talked about how av you know avgas is a drier fuel than what we see with race gases would you agree with that yeah i mean absolutely okay but at the same time it still has lead and lead is a lubricant correct so um can you explain how those two things are both true at the same not, time not not really okay not really i mean lead's lubricant um it has nothing to do with that it's just uh it's the same thing as like something like chp it's just a dry fuel okay uh so it's going to like dry out exhaust guides it's going to dry out you know all sorts of stuff well and it's, it's, it's yeah it's something that's it's just not you know well, it's interesting because the conversation I had about it with my dad has nothing to do with Avgas in right. particular, but especially since I started carrying the ZL1, which is the zinc package. It's the tri-zinc package yeah. from Daytona 1. And uh, my dad <clears throat> saw that and he said one thing about like the older collector cars, you know, you've got engines that are built, you know, that if you've got original engines that are mm -hmm. like 60s, early 70s, Correct. those engines were built to run leaded fuel, Correct. which was going to be more lubricant. Well, then today, since you no longer can run leaded fuel, that one option, if you don't do something, then they're spinning out cams is what's going on well, no, now. Prim prim right? No, primarily it's valve seats. Well, but in this case with the ZL1, it being a zinc package, is, is a zinc additive for your oil. And that there's something going on with the cams. Anyway, he, dad said that it worked really well for... Yeah. Um, adding zinc to like these collector yeah, well, engines. Yeah, well, I mean that's great, but no, that has nothing, nothing to do with the uh, Avgas scenario. No, no absolutely nothing. Yeah. But it just reminded me. Right. Is, no, no, no. Is, I, I got. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was putting we're, the we're, pieces we're together. Up, we're here. on the same page now. Are we? Okay. But, All right. All right. Next up, uh, Dave is here, and he says, "How about <clears> an engine builder that's also the tech guy? Gotta love that. Um, gotta love New York." Uh it's you know, tough. It's, you know, I mean, how are you going to find a, it? 
it, it it's a tough deal. It's only like if they tech their own engines, it's a really can be an issue. And then you can bring somebody else in. We've had that in the South. But otherwise, how do you find a qualified tech guy? I, I've been offered so many tech man jobs. It's ridiculous. And the one thing I would never do is be a weekly tech man for anywhere. Because then I'd be trying to tech my own engines. And that's 100% unfair. So if you, the only way to do that is recuse yourself and have somebody else tech it. Well, and I've seen um, you help out, but I mean, it's, I, I've it's helped only out. when right. it's, you know, it's a big race generally. Right. And like, um, somebody else let's is say, my shit. right. <laughs> like, you know, maybe you're there with Mike Ingram or right. Brad Hibbard. Correct. And that way nobody is teching their own engine. Correct. They're teching each other's. Right. So that's what, that's what makes sense. And I've got no problem with that, but no, I mean, I've never been a fan. Like I would never be a tech man. Period. Okay. All right. So Danny says back to the rocker question. It's mm -hmm. a 355 with stock rocker arms, no roller or roller tip. Uh, what rockers would you recommend? Oh gosh. Um, shit. Like it's a 355. Yeah. With stock rocker arm, no rollers or roller tip. Uh, good old set of seal power rockers. Okay. Honestly. All right. I mean, uh, if we're just turn that microphone off and get the other one. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Hang on. How do I turn that one? Oh my God. It's the switch. Guess too bad. Here I am again. Too bad it's not Tuesday. I could be like Tech Challenge Tuesday. Yeah, no, exactly. Hey, I fixed the laptop. Sorry, I'm retarded when it comes to this shit. Another word we're not supposed to say on the show. No. All right. So Stewart's here, and he says, "Swing past Australia first. Better beer and better food." I'm, I'm. Oh, before I go to Scotland, I might have to do that. I I, I need to make a trip there anyway. No, I mean, dude, you'd love it. I'm not a dude, but I well, I'm no. sure I would. I'm sure I would. <laughs> It'd be awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, back to fuel here. So Darren says, what lower octane fuel helps vapor lock the most? What lower octane fuel helps vapor lock the most? Like a 93? Well, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, vapor lock can occur no matter what you're, well, I mean, I've had vapor lock on methanol. So, I mean, vapor lock can occur no matter what you're using. Um was there any other solution that you'd find for a vapor lock? Yeah, get the heat source out of the damn fuel. So, I mean, that's the only so solution. So bypass to it. bypass regulator? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean the first thing, yeah, any any kind of fuel system is you want to be bypassing fuel because that keeps the fuel in constant motion which actually cools it down. Um so regardless, but there, there's no magic cure to vapor lock other than get the heat source out of the fuel. Well, and, and let's, let's explain uh, bypass regulator for anyone who's might be running like a deadhead regulator. And uh, the way that it was explained to me is that with a bypass regulator, you are taking the excess fuel that you don't, your engine doesn't need that excess fuel rather than being backed up through the system, which through is what it, through which, which is what a deadhead would do. What, how Willie described it to me is then if, if you've got a deadhead regulator and it's just holding the fuel back, then your fuel pump becomes a fuel heater. Correct. 
So another way to do this would be a bypass regulator. And how that would work is that is also connected to the fuel and to the fuel line. And whatever fuel your engine doesn't need at that time, all that excess fuel is taken via a line and put back into your fuel tank. Now your fuel tank is always going to be basically at kind of room temperature. And if you think about it, like taking a hot cup of coffee and like dumping it into a pool, it's not going to change the pool water, you know? Right. So you're, you are keeping that fuel in your fuel tank as cool as it possibly can be. Right. You know, you're still, you're still, um, you know, you're subject to room temperature, exactly. but what you don't have is superheated fuel right. that is going through your system. That's so that's going to vapor a lot. Yeah. So that's, that's my explanation for yeah. the, the advantages of running a bypass regulator. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason to run one. And I recommend that on no matter what you're using. Uh, but that also requires a high pressure pump in order to make that system work. I wouldn't say high, but higher. So, you know, like your standard fuel pump that we'd be running a deadhead regulator, like we've got the ProCam, the seven and a half yeah. PSI. And then this, you would change to a 15 PSI. Right. I, I wouldn't necessarily call that a high, I mean, higher, it's but it's high, not. It's higher than what most people right. know to run. Yeah. So that, that is a good point, though, that if you change one thing, you need the other um, in order to be able to push that amount of fuel right. through but the no, system. No, there's no magic fuel to cure vapor lock. Like I said, I've had, I've had engines vapor lock on methanol. Yep. Okay. And Donine and Shane says, good to see you guys. Send some rain our way. Eastern Nebraska is in a severe drought. Um, whiskey and some water. <laughs> I hear you. Hey, we'll do what our best. Yeah, we live in a rainforest here. So, you know, anything we can do to, to, to uh, do no that, shit. that would be good. Okay. Oh, this is a good question. Mm -hmm. um, Craig says, why am I going through so much fuel with my Super Bowl? Alcohol a1 jets one click to lean on 604 that would be a great question for willie yeah it really um, would be but uh, like by going through so much fuel are we talking about like warming the engine up or are we talking about racing i mean because you know methanol burns roughly 2.2 times the volume of liquid so you're gonna burn 2.2 times more than let's say pump gas or race gas um so you got to be able to expect that. Well, I mean, an interesting um, thing. Know. Yeah. I mean, interesting thing we've discovered with the E85 is, is, is the amount of fuel you guys are going through just to get the engine up to temperature. Right. So the solution that we found for that is to run the arts thermostat. Correct. Because what it'll do is it'll recirculate the water until it gets to the right temperature and your car's warmed up and you go through a whole lot less fuel. Yes, correct. So generally, uh, like dealing with what we deal with is, I mean, we can't use methanol here, which I wish we could because I love methanol. But uh, because we can't, we E85s are our option. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, generally, we burn more fuel warming the engine up, like you were just talking about, than we would actually racing. Um now, Craig is clarifying. He says he's going through 13 to 15 gallons on 25 laps on three-eighths mile. That's a lot of fuel. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, okay. I, I mean, on methanol? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That honestly does not surprise me. I mean, back in the day, gosh, um, back when I raced methanol, back years and years and years ago, uh, out on the West Coast, uh, yeah, that would be... That, yeah, that's, that was a normal night for us, just doing that. Um, but 
I mean, back then we had 30 gallon cells too, <laughs> just to, just to accommodate for that. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. And he's just, uh, he's I, just I, comparing, I, he says he's just yeah. been com comparing to another brand of carb that only used eight to 10 okay. gallons. Um, well, I mean, that honestly, that'd be a question for Willie. Yeah. It'd be I a mean, really good I, question for Willie. I mean, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I mean, during that, you know, during that, Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. We're about at time here. And I've got one more question that was uh, submitted beforehand before the show. Um, this is from Josh. I mm -hmm. submitted this on Facebook. He said, is the two blade fan a pusher or puller? Is it pushing air or is it pulling air? Oh, it's pulling air. It's pulling air. If you turn it the right direction. Okay. Uh, hey, I'm just, hey, I'm just, I've got the question right here. I just have it yeah. typed up. So yeah. that's, that's not, I mean, I, I know you're, you're looking at me like I'm being silly, no. but um, you know, that is a question. It's probably one I need to do a video on to talk about the orientation of the fan and which way the blades should be facing. I, I, I actually had a customer of mine. Uh, he brought his engine into, I think we we're like changing valve springs or something for him. And uh, his fan was on the front of the engine. It was a, it was a race fan. Right. So my brother calls me out there in the shop. He's like, see anything wrong with that? And I looked at it. And I said, push, push, pull. So we had two blades, the correct direction. One oh. blade, the opposite, opposite direction. So it was a push, push, pull fan. Wow. <laughs> he's, yeah. wondering, he's wondering why it's running hot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Why? <laughs> push, push, pull. <laughs> two steps forward one step back <laughs> or pull pull push oh, okay pull pull, pull, push. pull push is out sorry <laughs> gotcha all righty well do you have any final thoughts this week steve i do not actually um yeah i don't actually i want i, I do want to say congratulations to to my customers for running that american great all-star race at bulls gap uh so travis Steele. And uh, Dylan Brown finishing one, two. Um, we seem to have quite a bit of good fortune in that series. And we got some good race car drivers run that series. And so congratulations for Travis and Dylan for a second. Great. All right. Well, I don't really have any final thoughts. So I think I'm just going to wrap things up here and to say, you know, thank you all for watching. Thank you for all for listening. You can, of course, find us on Facebook, on YouTube, um, under Crate Insider. You can find us over on Spotify or um, Apple iTunes for the podcast, and that's Racing Insiders Podcast. So, you know, it helps us a lot if you want to share it, like it, subscribe to our, our channels, all of those things, and we, we sure appreciate it. So, uh, hope you'll come back next week, bring your questions, and uh, we're happy to answer them. So, have a, have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Yep.